Alright, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Ian. And today's episode's actually a follow-up to a podcast I did last week, which was pretty much Flashpoint Paradox. Now, for people who didn't hear it, Flashpoint Paradox more or less was the Flash goes back in time, changes his mom's, pretty much his mom originally died, goes back in time, changes that his mom lives, but when doing so, it changed a lot of the DC landscape. So it affected a lot of the timeline. And it forever changed everything. The world was crazy. Wonder Woman and Aquaman were at war with one another. Bruce Wayne was killed. Superman was never Superman. He was locked away. Cyborg was one of the main heroes. Barry was never the Flash. Green Lantern really wasn't anything. He more or less was just a... How Jordan never became Green Lantern. There's a lot of different things that were for a more or less like a dark timeline. And I talked about that because it was a lead up to DC's New 52 initiative. Now, for people who are kind of curious, DC's New 52 initiative was pretty much DC's line-wide reboot with Jeff Johns and Jim Lee being the two big heads to really get more people behind DC. To get readers, get fans, you know, ready to read DC Comics again. And it worked. Realistically, it really did. You know, it was their way to try and... What they've done in the past with, like, you know, after they did Crisis, they they would consistently reboot. And with Final Crisis, they didn't really do it. They, they waited a little while. And when Flashpoint came up, you know, Jeff Johns and Jim Lee, of course, were like, Let's let's go with something different. You know, let's redo the Justice League. Let's you know redo all our characters. Let's re- kind of restart them, and a, kind of another restart, like kind of just a completely rebooted universe. The only two characters that really didn't get changed were Jeff Johns Green Lantern Corps and Batman, and both of them, for the most part. Their origin stories stayed the same. They didn't mess with them because both of them had solid foundations that both DC and Jeff Johns had helped mold and solidify. You know, they were hoping to get sales with Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash. You know, really bring back, you know, the fire for a lot more books. And it had success. Their biggest hitters were Green Lantern Corps and Batman. And of course, Justice League. Justice League sold really well. You know, Jeff Johns, of course, was telling me that from 2011 to 2016 when Justice League or DC Rebirth happened. So their whole idea was, well, let's go in. Let's reboot everything. Let's just do something different. And, again, as I said, Batman Green Lantern more or less stayed untouched. But then through it you had, you know, Wonder Woman. Her origin kind of got some reboots and retcons and changes. You know, she had, I think it was was a sister or 
is a fellow Amazonian who was the daughter of Darkseid. I can't remember her name, but she was a big player going to near the end of DC's New 52. You know, they had The Flash, who they were really kind of giving readers the chance to restart with Barry Allen. Because for a long time, a lot of people's only Flash was, you know, Wally West from like, the late eight, from like the late eighties to the mid two thousands, it was just Wally West. Even the Justice League cartoon was that. Then you had you know, the Justice League kind of not being as continuity heavy. So of course they got a chance to restart that. Then you had Aquaman. You had a lot of different characters that got a lot of line wide reboots. And the first issues, of course, they sold well. You know, Superman, of course, at first, sold well. Batman, of course, you know, he sold consistently due to Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo holding ground for, like, 52 issues. And, you know, other writers were able to, you know, other writers and artists were able to really take advantage of the New 52's concepts. You know, blank slates, reworking of stories, how everything was supposed to change and the successes as it went on became fewer and fewer and it's not to say that the new 52 in a lot of people's eyes was you know this great thing end of the day if you look at it and you look at it in con like if you look back at it in hindsight New 52 was a failure in the end. A failure in the sense of it it didn't do characters justice. And when they tried to do something different, fans had very much backlash to it. Like Superman. Superman being one of the biggest flagship characters for DC. You know, they, they... they didn't do him justice, and they made him more emotional. They made him more, you know, the one who's not stern and stoic. They made him a guy who was not hopeful, somebody who wasn't Superman that a lot of people were used to. And unfortunately, a lot of people didn't like that. They they dropped off Superman really quickly, even though you had good writers and artists on it, like George Perez... And, you know, Scott Snyder and other writers and artists on it, it just, it ultimately fell because the end of the day, it, the New 52 at the end of the day, it failed. It failed in truly giving the fans what they wanted. And what the fans wanted was, you know, Good stories, a good return to form, you know, not as much continuity problems, you know, more of a singular, you know, idea. Something that, unfortunately, from Marvel to DC, both have dealt with. And it was one that I feel like DC did a better job of mitigating compared to Marvel. Now, if I compare. DC to Marvel during that time. DC started strong with New 52 and got sales, but as time went on, it fell. 
It wasn't until 2016 where things turned around with DC Rebirth, but DC tried different things. They tried Superman and Wonder Woman dating. They tried, you know, Teen Titan, like a horrible version of the Teen Titans. They tried to bring Aquaman back to being like a badass. They tried a lot of things that, at the end of the day, just unfortunately did not sit well with the fans as hard as they tried and i mean jeff johns literally he did everything he could to really and truly you know rejuvenate dc you know to really be the guy that is you know dc's i will call him like dc's messiah in a way i best why i want to put it i want to use the word messiah for it is he was always the guy that you send Jeff Johns on a project, he can change a character, he can do well for a character. And for the most part, I will stand by that. I feel like Jeff Johns has a great track record. But unfortunately for him, since this is a line-wide reboot, Jeff Johns can't write every title. You know, he wrote... Justice League, Aquaman, Shazam, I mean, you name it, he probably at one point wrote it during the New 52. And it was a lot. And unfortunately, you can't just hope one writer saves the whole universe. You know, unfortunately, it's not how it works. You needed a collective plan, and unfortunately, their collective plan was to hope that doing redone sales and reboots of, you know, the umpteenth time would go in and fix a lot of their issues, would get their sales back. And unfortunately, that's kind of not how that worked. It fell to the wayside because of, honestly, more continuity issues than they care to admit. You know, they had... Good ideas and good stories for Zero Year, which essentially was every hero's, you know, origin, a new origin, you know, their new time when they first start off as a hero. And some were successful, some were failures. Batman's was decent, but then again, Batman was really the main title due to Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo that was selling extremely high. And even Scott Snyder admitted in an interview that his zero year, he should have cut it back a little bit. And it ultimately, it kind of hurt him more than helped him in the long run when it came down to really truly what he wanted for, you know, his new 52 Batman run to be. Now, ultimately, if you look at Scott Snyder and his run on Batman, he's long since passed that. You know, the man, to a lot of people, is the definitive Batman writer of the 20th century. Or I guess say the 21st century is the best way to put it. You know, he solidified himself as the guy that he could write Batman easily, but he made him a dark, you know kind of like a dark, horrific kind of character. And he did well. I mean, 
I've got, I think, the first 38, 39 issues of his run. I think that was leading up to his whole ending with Jim Gordon taking over as Batman, and which I think was super heavy. And just how good he was and the artwork Greg Capullo was able to produce showed why it was one of their flagship titles. In comparison, Superman, it fell hard. You know, Superman and Lois Lane, they, they weren't together. They weren't having a relationship. Again, Superman was not the stoic hero, the, not, the hopeful one, the one that always was, you know, there to turn the tide. He was uncertain. He was just, in a lot of ways, young, naive, and he just wasn't the character that people wanted him to be. And that hurt his sales. You know, I think The Flash did decent, you know, with Robert Venditti and other writers really getting their chance to cut their teeth on him. You know, he he did well. He sold well. And that a lot of people really enjoyed is the run on Flash, the different writers on The Flash, from Francis Manipool to, I think, I think was it Brian Azzarello and then Robert Venditti. They had a lot of guys that worked on The Flash that did well. You had, you know, Wonder Woman, which to some people was hit or miss. Some people really liked the redone origin. Some people didn't. Some people liked Superman and Wonder Woman dating. Other people didn't. You know, there was a lot of things they tried that ultimately did not sit well with readers and comic book buyers at the end of the day. And, you know, I can go on and on about just everything that happened within it. But when I think about it and just everything that happened within it, the ending, the crescendo that it was, that came from it, I think really, you know, the final things that came from the New 52, I think really were the things that helped change so new so for DC Rebirth to come about. So the first event I'm going to talk about is event called Convergence. Essentially, after Final Crisis, Grant Morrison reintroduced the multiverse and that the heroes knew about the multiverse. Now, Convergence, more or less, was this giant line-wide event, multiple Earths, you know, everyone, of course, getting destroyed. You had Brainiac. You had the new villain of the week. It, it was all sorts of fun. I didn't mind the event. Like, I read it. I thought it was something cool and interesting. But at the end of the day, to most people, it was an utter failure. Then again, I kind of read it out of context. So I kind of was like, oh, yeah, I can think this is a one-off. I I, ha I hate to put it this way, but uh, sometimes when I'm, like, reading books in, like, hindsight, I will sometimes... If I looked at it when their initial run was going on, I would see where the issues were. But because I read it after the fact, I didn't see as many issues with it. So I kind of was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Like, Convergence, you know, 
they they tried to tap a lot of different things. You know, they tried to get the Earth 2 superheroes, younger versions of them. They tried to, you know, cover a bunch of different, you know, things with it. From, you know, tackling, you know, issues of, you know, sexuality with Alan Scott Green Lantern being gay. You, you had a lot of different things they brought up. And they were ideas, I think, that could have worked. But unfortunately, for fans, they didn't really sit well. And I think that... I think primarily if I look at some of the things that came about that during like Convergence and kind of like the lead up to DC Rebirth, a lot of it was just DC kind of being like, well, we tried something different. Let's just go and just wipe out other multiverses which at the end of the day they did you know it in the end you know they of course they beat the villain but at the end of the day you know they they lost planets things merged together and the biggest thing that came out of it was twofold you had previously had an event called Future's End, which was DC's big idea to, hey, we're going to bring Terry McGinnis, Batman Beyond into the DC universe. And that was really more or less what the event was. It was supposed to be kind of like this Terminator event that unfortunately, it, it failed hard. I'll be honest with you guys, a lot of the big DC events from 2011 to 2016, they... In hindsight, they got us to DC Rebirth, but during, they sucked hard. You know, there was a lot of trial and error. I think the only title that I think that was able to do any good crossover-wise, I think, was Justice League. That's because they they had consistency, and they were like, yeah, we're not messing with anything. Unfortunately, for every other title, it, it failed. So, Future's End dealt with, of course... You know, Brother Eye, who is this part, who is this essentially Skynet. Then you had the OMAC project, which essentially was DC's versions of Sentinels. They had gained AI, intel, artificial intelligence, and they began to kill off heroes and convert them into robots or cyborgs to better serve them. They viewed human race as a failure and something that had to be eradicated. And in the end, you know, we got an idea, but out of it we got Terry McGinnis Batman Beyond. You know, in the end, the story ended up ending with and I think I talked about it, but if I did not, I'll bring it up. Ended up with Tim Drake taking over for Terry McGinnis because Terry McGinnis seemingly died by Brother Eye. And Terry McGinnis at this time was being written by, or Batman Beyond was being written by Dan Jurgens and Bernard Chang, who took over and they had Tim Drake, who at this point, Tim Drake had just gotten over Titans Hunt. They are like, we need another Bat family member who's not doing anything like Nightwing or Damien or Jason Todd, who's the Red Hood, we need somebody to take the place of 
Batman Beyond, Terry McGinnis, we just killed off the character. We can maybe write some cool stories for him. And Dan Jurgens, of course, was like, well, I'll take it. I'll, I'll see what I can do. So, of course, he took over for Batman Beyond, and he became the primary writer. He had Tim Drake go to the future. Tim Drake and Ink and a couple other characters, they managed to save the future and destroy Brother Eye and prevent him from happening and save the past. It's more or less kind of how Future's End kind of ended, along with everything else. After Terry had sacrificed himself in the past to defeat Brother Eye. So it was a lot of craziness. Well, during when that happened, you had the Batman Beyond arc, which you later found out that Terry never died. They He just was never killed off by Brother Eye. They just faked his death. And that pretty much, uh, what's his face? Spellbinder had put him underneath his mind control. He found, his, he found him and put him under mind control, made him supervillain and that's kind of more or less where you would catch up with Batman Beyond. Dan Jurgens helped bring in Batman Beyond and he gave us a definitive interesting idea which he at the end of the day as you guys have heard me talk about Batman Beyond now like he really has done very well with the character and it took him to kind of really just write this poor write the Tim Drake version of Batman Beyond to get the Terry McGinnis, which his Tim Drake Batman Beyond was a homage to Jeff Loeb's Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis's Superman Batman run. Now to jump from Future's End, which brought, of course, Batman Beyond, you had Convergence, which I talked about earlier. Convergence was classic in the multiverses. Dan Jurgens again, had a hand in it. Convergence allowed for Dan Jurgens to bring back classic Superman. And you found out that classic Superman didn't die, that the original Earth was not gone, anything like that. That him, Lois, and John, Superman was, like, John, who's their son, they, they came to the prime Earth. And Dan Jurgens explained that Superman was depowered, him and Lois... You know, of course, they, they did it. They Lois got pregnant and they had John, who was half human, half Kryptonian. And he wouldn't have nearly the weaknesses that Superman would, Clark Kent. And that's who, in the Batman Beyond Future with Tim Drake, his Superman was, of course, Jonathan Kent. And Jonathan Kent was supposed to be, or is supposed to be the strongest of the... Of like the super could be even stronger than Clark Kent Superman, but they've kind of I don't know his story has kind of gone crazy itself. So you get back classic Superman because of Convergence. That was something that a lot of fans loved, and they thanked Dan Jurgens for doing that. And even me, like I appreciate it when he did that. Now those things came at the end of. The new 52. You know, redoing everything. And I mean, at this point, new 52 was kind of wrapping up. Because they were leading up to this DC Rebirth event. And that the whole world was about to change. And that they found out that 
with New 52, they thought it was a five-year time skip. Because when you start up New 52, or when the New 52 started, you found out that it's been at least five years. Batman's been Batman for five years. Superman's been Superman for like five years. Wonder Woman, all that. And that there's been time between that. Well, come to find out, uh, come to find out, Batman and the Flash find out that, no, it's not been five years. It's been ten years. There's a decade missing from their lives. And they don't know what happened. And all you see going to DC Rebirth is this blue man with aura. Kind of like a godlike character. And you see Dr. Manhattan. Who's from Watchmen. And everybody's minds just went and just flipped. Because DC is finally bringing the Watchmen into the main DC universe. Bringing about DC Rebirth. And that's where I'm going to close it. Hopefully you guys appreciate or hopefully you guys like this. I figured this is kind of giving you guys kind of like a glimpse. I didn't really go too in detail with certain story arcs and everything like that with New 52. I I don't want to crap on New 52 too much because at the end of the day, yes, it was a failure at DC. But I think that, and when I look at New 52 in hindsight, they wanted to do something different. They wanted to see, hey, maybe if we... You know, we did another limelight reboot. We did all these different things. We kind of gave fans what they were looking for. We could get new fans. We could get new people wanting to read our books. And I think they did to an extent, while at the same time alienating their old fans. And that was kind of what brought back DC Rebirth. And Jeff Johns and just his mind to be like, it's it's time we return DC to DC to like classic DC to DC Rebirth in a sense. And we will talk about that in the next podcast. I figured this will be a good one for you guys to kind of appreciate. So as always, you guys can like, share, subscribe. You guys can always email me at nerdstuffwithian at gmail.com, Facebook, uh, Twitter, or Comics Amino. There's plenty of ways to get in contact with me. I, I make it pretty easy. But uh, again, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. And uh, yeah, if you guys have not read any of the New 52 stuff, I do suggest, if I'm going to throw out anything from it, I will say Justice League and Scott Snyder's and Greg Caputo's Batman are like the two biggest hits that I would really say jump on. I also think Brian Azzarello's uh, Wonder Woman's really good. The Flash was pretty good. Even Green Lantern Corps was pretty good. So there are titles out there that did really well. It's just unfortunate that I think the bigger title I think a lot of people had hoped for, which was Superman, 
did not. And that kind of reflected. So, end of the day, I think that if you guys are looking for any of those titles to like read New 52 from 2011, like DC from 2011, 2016, or you're like, hey, I, I kind of want to get into Batman, but I want to read Tom King's run. Like, I'm trying to find a run that's like not super crazy lengthy, but like I want something that's cool for Batman. Then I would definitely suggest Scott Snyder. If you're looking for like a cool Justice League run, Jim Lee and Jeff Johns, you know, Justice League runs pretty good. They have Dark Side War. They had a lot of stuff that they really paid off going into DC Rebirth. And I didn't even talk about it in here, and I'll talk about it in the next podcast. But, uh, yeah. And there, there's so much more I could talk about. So, again, with that being said, uh, thank you guys, and have a great day. Later.